We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast, coming to you live Sunday, January 14th. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin, and I've got some dudes with me tonight. we got J.D. Silva in the house. Hello. we got Taylor Peterson. Chiefs won, Thunder won, Chelsea won. It's a good weekend. We have special guest, Kamyar Morabian, in the house tonight. I'm the trash man, you garbage, your last ghoul. <laughs> uh, no Nick Crane tonight. No Justin Peabody tonight. Nick's at the Cowboys game. Yeah. Nick, one is in morning Cowboys. and one has a, uh, a couple of sick children, so they are out for the night. We are brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Make sure if you are here live with us in the stream tonight, go drop that like on the video. It helps us out with the algorithm. Gets more people seeing the pod means a ton to us so go drop that like make sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast from drop a five-star rating leave a little note as well that'd be greatly appreciated you can follow us on twitter facebook instagram youtube tiktok if you are not subbed on youtube yet what are you doing go get subbed on youtube join the live stream it is always a blast as we are here with all of our friends hanging out in the live stream talking thunder basketball Gentlemen, it's been a week. Thunder played four games. It's been a while. It's been a while. Four games. We got another week with four games coming up. The month of January is just jam-packed with Thunder basketball. But let's start most recently. Last night in the Paycom Center, the shooting might have been as cold as it was outside. And let me tell you, it was freaking frigid. The Thunder do pull out a win against the shorthanded Orlando Magic team, 112 to 100. We did not post game podcast last night, as we don't on any Saturday nights. So I thought we could start with what you guys saw from that Orlando game. Uh, just some big themes, some big takeaways. Comiar, it's been a while since you've been here. You kick us off. All right. Um, I really liked that 
Lou Dort guarded Paolo Bencaro. And then I thought I thought it let Chet be Chet, which was really fun. Of course, the shooting was just like off. Shea had the same three point shot like four or five times wide open, just couldn't get it going. But he did convert like six, I think six, seven mm-hmm. and one, six or seven and ones. Um, one where I think he took a little bit of a knee thing. That's why he's questionable for the Lakers. Uh, but overall, I mean, they kept on extending the lead. I think they led the entire game for the most part, um, but ultimately come away with a double-digit win against a team that, I mean, they were expected to beat. So, yeah, pretty good. Nice showing. But the guys came on in the second half pretty well. Yeah, when you, uh... Jacob both were there in person. Yes, Let fun. me tell you, Ooh. the walk to the arena was the coldest walk to the arena I have ever had. And I've gone to a lot of basketball games. Lungs were on fire. Uh, lungs I were on have, fire. I should have worn like some compression pants or some joggers or something some under johns. my jeans because <laughs> my legs, like I got in the car, cranked the heater up and just put it like straight on the feet. That way I could like thaw mm. out my legs. That wind was a bitch. That's when I knew I was truly blessed and highly favored when God put heated seats in my car. Oh, man. What my wife has heated necessity. seats. I got in the arena. I took my jacket off, and I laid it over my lap like a blanket for the entire game. <laughs> like, I yeah. was so cold. Um, yeah. We do a lot of post-game shows. And we are always finding these like these specific topics to talk about because we don't want to talk about the same thing after every game. You don't want to, to, you know, just beat it to death. I don't know how you don't just make this entire Orlando Thunder game about Shea Gochis Alexander. We can make every single post game about him, but call me our mention it. The six and ones he, he dunked on Paulo Bancaro, like the sneakiest dunk in the world. <laughs> Yeah, just kind of yeah. went in, and the next thing you know, his hand's above the rim, and he's putting it in. To me, it was just like, it doesn't even look like he's trying sometimes. It's just so effortless. He One of the and ones was on Paulo, where he had him ISO'd and just dipped his shoulder, got underneath him, and went uh, reverse lefty. She's like, how the hell? It looks so simple for him. The dude is up to, I had this pulled up. I don't have it now. He is up to 55% from the field. His field goal percentage for the season is 55% for a guard. Like the only other top 15 scorer in the NBA right now who is over Shea's percentage is Giannis Antetokounmpo because all he does is dunk. I can't say dunk. Giannis does a ton of shit. Giannis is an incredible basketball player. But that's it. Giannis is 6'11". Shea's 6'6". Like, it it just continues to absolutely amaze you what he does and the efficiency in which he does it, JD. Yeah, I feel um, like like we're a little spoiled watching SGA play every night because what he does, like you were just describing, looks so easy, but it's not because we watch other teams all the time, not be able to drive as easily as him. It doesn't make, it does not make sense. It's like, even when guys are converging on him, when he's driving in the lane, he does something and makes every shot look, I don't know, routine for him. And, and it is routine. He practices this stuff all the time, but he just does it in a way that no one else really does. 
in the league. And it's nice to have someone like this on your team when you shoot, what, 22% from three as a team? Uh, it's nice to have a guy that's going to score 37 on 20 shots. And, yeah, tie the – was it tying the NBA record for and ones in a game? With Convert, I think it's converted and ones. Converted, like you yeah, actually made the free throw afterwards. Yeah. Uh, pretty ridiculous having that guy on the roster. Um, Watch out. Just, I hear he's a free throw merchant. Oh my God. I, I, it's insane. And he was, he was cooking every, so the magic, they don't have like, notably, they don't have any guards that are good at scoring, but which means they have guards that are good at defense. Like that's kind of their thing. Rotate guys around, especially Suggs didn't matter. Of course. Um, SGA was really getting, getting under his skin throughout the game, especially near the end. He was kind of just like throwing a tantrum, um, as SGA just walked him to the, to the lane every time. Um, really fun to watch, really fun to watch. And we're, we're very lucky. So I don't have this in comparison to other NBA players like you were kind of alluding to, Jacob, but 55.8% from the field on 20.3 shot attempts per game. That's Stupid. absolutely absurd. And it's not just the offensive end of the floor. He had three steals yet again last night. He's continuing to improve on that end. Uh, I believe he still leads all guards in steals in the NBA, which is just absolutely absurd. Oh, he leads a- all players in the NBA by steals, and it's like he's almost doubled up second place. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Another three steals for him last night. Just again, not enough can be said when you have a player like that who can just get to his spots at will. Uh, and obviously, uh, one thing we haven't mentioned is the Magic were down quite a few players. They had a lot of injuries. But even then, I don't think it would have mattered. That chase just absolutely unstoppable. Yeah, you have to play what's in front of you. And the Thunder did just yeah. that. Uh, Kalmyar, you mentioned it. I don't think the Thunder ever like didn't have the lead in this game. They'd balloon it to like 15. The Magic would get it down to like five or six, but it just felt like anytime they needed to, the Thunder were just able to keep the magic at arm's length and never let them like truly get back into the basketball game. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the, I mean, they would go up to 15 points, right. And the, they would go on a skid of just like bad shooting or maybe just bad shot selection or some unlucky possessions. And the, maybe the, the Lee would get back down to five and then immediately OKC would maybe call timeout or go back up seven. And the next thing you know, you're keeping him at nine or 11. Uh, um, don't forget how much they keep him at nine and 11 slinks. Uh, but so uh, they, they went up by 15. So good times. It's good times. I mean, like they I was surprised they actually kind of left Josh in to close the game out because they often don't do that. It's and been kind of so hit or that- miss. That's something that caught my eye last night in particular was that they typically put in somebody else, um, Isaiah Joe, uh, Aaron Wiggins, et cetera, and they left Josh in. So they put the entire starting lineup back in the game to end the game. I just wish Lou would stop fouling three-point shooters. That'd be fun. Now, you mentioned Josh going back in at the end. If you noticed, they try to get Josh involved in the pick and roll and get him switched on mm-hmm. by Caro mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of times down the stretch there. And there was that possession where they tried it. It would have been on the left side of the court, but really far back, like almost a half court. Uh, and instead of Josh like hedging and dropping back, he and Lou like blitzed Paulo, got the steal. Yep. That's the one that ended up in the flagrant on Lou, um, which is a nasty foul. I thought he got his hair. <laughs> yeah. That was you like skull drug him. Yeah, it was like it was gnarly. It was very clearly like wasn't malicious. Like it just, I mean, it happens. I mean, we've all yeah. played basketball before. Unlucky. Accidents happen. I got somebody's finger two knuckles deep in my eye socket <laughs> one time playing pickup. Like Ooh. it wasn't intentional. I was, just I was there. The dude was fishing in there, dude. It, he didn't cry. Was, he didn't cry. 
Common yards, crinkling other people's fingers and pick up. I mean, it happens. Um, it was a gnarly foul, but I I appreciated the effort from Josh defensively, um, being in there at the end, uh, knowing that they were going to target him and and just making a really heads up play. Another guy I think we need to mention because last night, quite honestly, like the bench wasn't that great. Uh, Jang nine minutes zero points. Case mm-hmm. Wallace twenty minutes one point. Um, Aaron Wiggins, seven minutes, zero points. Kenrich Williams, 16 minutes, three points. Isaiah Joe was nice. Uh, he was only one of four from three, but he was four of eight from the field and a poster dunk last night. Yeah, that was fun. Yep. But the guy I think we need to like have a conversation over, Vasa Mitic, or as I am trying to get Twitter.com to get on, the big Meech. Big Meech. The big somebody meech. put that in the, the podcast that Silver and I did last <laughs> yeah, week. Yeah, big I'm, I'm the big somebody tweeted at me and said, you might as well stop. Big Meech isn't going to catch on. And I said, buddy, you try me. <laughs> the big Meech ended last night. Seven points. He was one of two from three. Uh, splashed a step back and then airballed a three. Um, but he was three of five from the field. Two rebounds, an assist, a steal. And just the way he gets them into their offense, I feel like we're really starting to see him get comfortable and really be able to show off. I thought he was going to shoot the shit out of the ball guys. He very much has not done that, but he is so good at getting guys kind of off balance, getting into the lane. And it's not even like a layup. It's like a little like stop pull up jumper, like two feet from the basket, but he's like, he's deceptive going to the hoop and his playmaking is, is really special. Uh, deceptive. It's a good, uh, good. You said that, and not sneaky, athletic. I was waiting on that. To, <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's very deceptive. Like, just the pace he plays at is really fun. Yeah, he's been really good, and he's like a different. He offers a different uh, shade than Kaysen, who we've noticed like struggles a little bit to do on ball stuff. At least he has so far. As far as being like a point guard, which is technically what he is, he doesn't do a lot of point guard stuff. Um, but uh, Big Meech does he does quite a lot of that and gets guys into the offense when uh like giddy is not out there jada's not out there etc cetera, etc cetera. he's really good he's been really good he's played like not a ton of minutes obviously but i think the minutes that he has been playing especially as of late have been uh real quality yeah you can tell definitely tell he's played in europe and i mean it's really interesting i'm glad you brought it up because at one point, you feel like his passing, his assisting is pretty well, even though like he only had like one or two assists last night. Mm-hmm. He's assisted more, and they're really flashing. Like, just he's not looking. He has a very good, like, old man game. Um, yes. Of course, he is a thirty or whatever something. Just turned thirty. Just turned 30. Yeah, birthday boy yesterday. Uh, so he's a thirty-year-old NBA rookie, so very <laughs> much looks like he has mastered the old man game. He has a decent shot, actually, but. I was thinking on the when they when Mitch and Giddy were on the floor, I was like, "Oh man, this is the worst defensive liability situation possible." <laughs> and so that's too. what's yeah. something that I was just wondering if Mark was just toying with lineups. And but that's but I mean he's been reliable lately. But at the same time, on defense, you can kind of expect him to get blown by, which is kind of the other side of the same coin. Yeah, I think I, I mentioned it. Did I do the? There's Justin and I that were on the Portland post game, uh, which what the hell do you talk about after that one? You know, <laughs> they they doubled them up and we'll see you next week. But Michich at a point in that game had to guard Shaden Sharp. And I just thought, 
this man has never seen anything close <laughs> to this athleticism in his life. Yeah, like no. that is, you just threw him on one of the, maybe the top five athletic players in the NBA, just as far as like quick twitch and like leaping yep. ability, like Shaden is insane. So he's definitely struggled. I've also noticed he like, he knows when he fouls and he puts his hand up real quick and like kind of shrinks. And he's like, sorry guys, like I got it. <laughs> but I think, I don't know. We talked about how it would take him time to adjust to the speed of the game. I think he's starting to get there. The I'm braces interested. are slowing him down. The braces are slowing him down. <laughs> time I'm to get in- those <laughs> braces off. I'm interested if this is a, we've got a shit ton of games in January. And so we're getting him some burn or if it's, we're slowly building him up and he's going to be a contributor for the rest of this season into the playoffs. I think maybe it could be a little bit of both. Like we're obviously seeing more Mitch minutes here uh, recently because of the brutal stretch in January that we've talked about. But I will say like during this recent stretch, you know, I, I more than anybody was like very confused as to why this season Presley wanted to bring him over, didn't want to trade him when there was a trade interest, like at the draft time, right? Like, where is he going to fit in the lineup? Where is he going to get his minutes? But that basketball IQ just continues to shine. And we're starting to see why he fits so well within this current iteration of the Thunder. His ability, you guys mentioned it. It's not just like being able to drive and stop on a dime, pull up and do his little floater that he does and be able to get baskets. But he's when you're playing with these other players on the Thunder that are so incredible at cutting off ball, moving off ball. We've seen so many opportunities where he's been able to find cutters like Aaron Wiggins, um, J-Dub, when he's playing in those lines with J-Dub. Even Cason Wallace, who's so great at moving off ball. He fits so perfect there. And I think what we're seeing in this this brutal stretch of January is Michic earning some minutes himself. So I'm really curious to your point, Jacob, like to see, you know, once we get into February, once we get post-trade deadline, do we see some more Michic off the bench? And I think we we probably should, how he's played offensively. It almost feels like, and this might be a like a no-duh moment. I mean, we all know what he was over in Europe. I feel like you can't pair him with Shea minutes like at all, just because he's not like an off-ball guy. But when you put him out there with Wiggins, with Dub, with Kenridge, with Kaysen, with those types of guys who are very deliberate about cutting, I mean, we see so many times him drive and drop to a cutter uh, or kick to a shooter. He's really good at setting those up. Um, I think specifically back to... I don't remember if it was the Orlando game or the Portland game uh, where he drove and dropped a no look, just kind of drop off pass on the baseline to Dort for a layup. That's what I was thinking of. I think um, it was Portland. He's, was, yeah. Yeah. He's so good at that. And with a bench unit that really likes to cut hard, uh, it's kind of a seamless fit for him. So I feel like, you know, if he had to share minutes with other like dominant on ball guys, maybe uh, the talent wouldn't flash as much. And I even think in that second unit, like earlier in the season, we saw Giddy and Dub playing together there some, and it wasn't really working quite as well. I think when you have Dub kind of taking on that almost Shea role that we've talked so much about with that second unit, having somebody, an additional playmaker like Micic there alongside him has really kind of buoyed this second unit. And I think that kind of goes to another point that I kind of thought of. We talked a lot of positives, but last night, let's see, 12, uh, 20 points off the bench for the Thunder. Very poor. <laughs> the bench has not been playing very well. I don't think necessarily in regards to, or in regards to scoring, they have not been yeah. scoring. Oh, they haven't been getting contributions from scoring off the bench, which has been kind of brutal in this, this tough stretch of January. I'd really like to see those go back up 
a lot of that goes to guys like Isaiah Joe not hitting his three-point shots that we become accustomed to, but we've got to find some scoring off that bench. Uh, thankfully, J-Dub is kind of taking that role, even though he's not a bench player. Uh, but I, I think we've got to get some more contributions in regards to scoring. I think that's fair. Um, the bench has been kind of hit or miss, and the bench is, for the most part, pretty young. But you kind of you touched on it with the the J Dub stuff. Um, I mean, fourth quarter dubs a thing, dude. Yeah did he did he say dub time yesterday? Was that real? Roy said he, he tapped his wrist. Said dub time, and he looks completely confident in that stage of the game. I mean, he started it out by hitting a what a half court third quarter buzzer beater. That was wild, dude. dude that was fun. Yeah, he hit that buzzer beater, and he came out, and they put Jonathan Isaac on him. Made him look like a little boy. <laughs> I mean, he cooked the shit <laughs> Had him out on of Jonathan skates. Isaac. Yeah. Couldn't, I couldn't have enjoyed that more. That, he, was, that was he was asked post-game about it. Uh, he was asked about the, the dub time uh, post-game, and no comment. And he kind of chuckled. So. Well, the, the thing about J-Dub is that, I mean, it's hard to believe that he's just a second-year player. I mean, he was just a rookie last year, and now he's doing all of these things that you would expect maybe a rising star or a budding, a budding star would do. I mean, he hasn't necessarily knocked down the threes from a terribly awesome clip, even though he has been decent. His mid-range game has been just really, really great to, up, to, up to this point this year. And, of course, he's the one that throws down the fun dunks. And so... You know, it's already there defensively. So it's like he he's that hardened role that you guys has, have mentioned in the past as far as off the bench, being that guy uh, with the bench. But also he actually plays defense. And that's really nice, too, that he happens to be like, what, six, seven. And but the wingspan is way longer. Seven, two yeah. wingspan. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I, if you ask him, he'll tell you he's six, five. He's listed six, six in the in the like media guide. Yeah, but he says he's six five with a seven two wingspan. Yeah, Crazy. Kevin Durant was like six eight, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Six eight, six nine. And it's just the bulk of J Dub too. Like last night, dude, I thought he was about to end Goga's career on that oh that cut off yeah. the Josh Giddy drive, and he yeah. went up, took the contact, floated, and then like flipped it in for the and one. He's the versatility of him defensively is just. Absolutely insane. All right, let's. I, I want to take a step back from the Orlando game. Steams won four straight. They won in Washington. They won down in Miami. They came home and did whatever the hell that was to the Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> and then they beat the Orlando Magic four straight after a really rough first two games on a road trip uh, against Atlanta and Brooklyn, where they just, I mean, we've talked at nauseum about it. They, they dealt flat and slow, but they've won four straight. They've won eight of their last 10. They've won nine of their last 11. Like they are, I think everyone kind of worried about those two losses, but JD over like the past two weeks, where are you at with this team? Um, I'm, I'm just as optimistic now as I was, so it was like the week of insane national media hype followed by this road trip where I appreciated Mark being like transparent about it. Like they were like late arrivals to a lot of these road games, didn't have energy. It was, he said they had to find energy within the game mm -hmm. um, on a lot of those. And that's like tough for young teams to learn. And we could see them learning that like 
they didn't learn until the second half in in the Brooklyn and Atlanta game. Um, so, but I'm just as optimistic now, uh, if not, I wouldn't say more. Uh, how can you be more optimistic than you were after the Celtics game? Honestly, impossible. Uh, but I, I, I know I feel great about them. Uh, this next week will be uh, probably more interesting than this last week. It's a uh, really tough. So they play the Magic, who are who are good. They play the Lakers, maybe without SGA, and then the Clippers on the second night, and the Clippers are awesome. Um, that feels like a pretty tough stretch. So one, so Magic one day off, Lakers Clippers is 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 tough. Um, but I think the DNA of this team is a sustainable one, and I'm I'm curious if they make any moves. That that's kind of what this has been leading me to. Is I'm I feel more hopeful, maybe a little confident that they're going to do something to just keep the ball rolling. Interesting. Yeah. Come Tuesday, we are three weeks out from the deadline. So nice. It's going to be interesting to see how that, how that comes around. Let's take our first break of the night. On the other side, we asked you guys for questions on uh, the internet on twitter.com. So we are going to do a little mailbag on the other side. We will be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And we are back. It is mailbag time. One of my favorite segments we do on the pod. We don't do mailbags very often. But when we do, they're typically pretty good. We got a ton of questions from you guys. So we uh, pulled some of them out. We're going to answer them here live on the show. Uh, Guys, I think how we'll do this is I'm just going to bring up a question. I'm going to drop it to one of you. You give us your answer. And uh, we can kind of debate. And then we will go through to the next one. We have like 10 here, I think. Maybe Can you more? do the Blues Clues theme song? Just sing it out real quick for me, though. <laughs> Dude, I, I don't even know if I remember how it is. Oh, that one. Oh, we that one. Yeah. I need you, you, you just sing it for us so we, we have a sounder. And we, just a <laughs> we just got a letter. We just got a letter. Wonder who it's from. JD, do you Come have on, some man. sort of sounder we can play before <laughs> each uh, question read? Uh, well, let me. <laughs> I don't know. I can't do. I can't. Do this. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> How many of these are just insane? We always uh, put them on the spot. I I, I put uh, them on the spot for a hot take God. sounder last week, and it was phenomenal. Oh dear! What do we got? JD? What the dog doing? 
Beautiful. Okay. Before <laughs> we do each question, you got to play that. All right. <laughs> okay. So when I cue you, you go. Question right. number one. What the dog doing? From Cody Spicer <laughs> at CS underscore MBA. Who is your ideal matchup for the first round of the playoffs for the Thunder? Personally, I would like to see the Warriors make a push. Their baseball series from earlier this season was awesome. Fun teams to watch play each other. JD, why don't you take this first one? Who's your ideal first round matchup for the OKC Thunder? Oh boy, this is uh, an interesting one because I've <laughs> I've probably overthought this. Uh, to be honest, I I kind of wouldn't mind if it was a team that like like Utah, where they 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 just surged randomly and then okay. we just kind of. S- just slap them on the ass and shoot them on to the, move on to the second round. <laughs> Put them back in their place. That would be cool. I like six forty three. That was. I'd like somebody <laughs> that's not as great as the Thunder. That's who I'd like. <laughs> that would be cool. You Look, a lot of these. This is like almost making me go to therapy here. Well, I have to just. I have to put myself in the situation of. Do I want to see this team for? This many times. So let, so let me. No, is it nothing a makes you hate sure, a franchise sure. more than playing them in a playoff series. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's like who do I want to uh, you know be roommates with for X amount of years? <laughs> sure. If we're, if you want to talk about like competitive teams, uh, the Mavericks, Mavericks, I'm standing by that one. Even though yes, Luca and Kyrie are scary, obviously, but I just think the Thunder are going to have a depth and schematic advantage uh, every time they play that team. Did you, you mean- see? Um, uh, oh my gosh, why am I going blank on the coach's name? J- uh, Jason, Jason Kidd. Kidd. Did you see his comment the other night? That was threw him under awful. the bus. They were no. like, why doesn't your team have energy? And he was oh, like, I'm not really sure. They should. I, I don't know. I'm the coach. You need to ask them. Yeah. It's like, Ugh. damn, like take some Ugh. accountability for your team, bro. Right. Um, just some not great vibes coming out of Dallas. Uh, real fast, Taylor, Kamier, what are your ideal first round matchups for OKC? Silva mentioned the Jazz, which I like that one a lot, especially since they're kind of surging. They're in ninth place in the West right now. But the other one I would go with would be the Rockets. I understand that for us Thunder fans, uh, maybe that'd be pretty stressful, but as a whole, I think that Thunder could absolutely beat the Rockets. I don't, in the I don't know series. about how much stressful it would be as just as much joy. Toxic. Toxic. I think Twitter Animal Control would get called on me during that series. Twitter would be bad. Really bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you guys already men- mentioned, uh, Silver already mentioned the, the Mavs. That's who I kind of had in mind. Uh, you've got Luka, superstar, that can pretty much do anything for you, mixed with Kyrie uh, when he's playing well. And then, I mean, from there, you have to realistically look at the standings and see where they are at a sample size right now. And another team that would kind of fit that bill it would maybe be like yeah like cody spicer mentioned the the warriors mm-hmm. and i think it would give okc a good test from a team that's obviously played a ton of basketball a ton of really competitive championship basketball though dubs would never really be a tough out i, sur- I surmise especially when uh, draymond green is punching everybody on your team so um i think it would actually give them a good a really good first round test um for the for them to win that series so i would stick by the warriors as being a really good one um but also the mavs just because they do have that star power that is still young so i think both to give them a decent challenge uh for their first real playoff experience because i don't think they'll be in the play in for sure uh i like it i think you guys all hit it on the head um I think other candidates right now are like the Lakers, which I don't really know how much I want to deal with 
Lakers exceptionalism for a week and a half. Oh uh, that would drive me insane. AD, yeah. I agree. Okay, next one. Taylor, you are up for question number two. Question number two. Uh-oh. What the dog doing? Thank you. I was like, why go. did he pause? There we go. There we go. <laughs> oh, why from, did he repeat himself? <laughs> from Andrew Garcia at Andrew G. Lots of numbers. What is the realistic ceiling for this team this year? First round? Western Conference Finals? Taylor, what is the realistic ceiling for the Thunder this year? think the most interesting thing about this Thunder team, given how well they played, but also given how young they are, the second youngest team in the NBA, as we continue to reiterate every single podcast, it feels like almost all of these possibilities seem extremely realistic. And not only that, but given the disparity in the West, right? That the, the instability in the Western Conference, I could see them making the Western Conference finals to Andrew's point. I also could see them just, you know, maybe losing in the first round. But I think where I'm coming back to especially at this point in the season, like if this Thunder team isn't a home playoff hosting team come first round, like I'll be a little disappointed at this point. And again, there's still a lot of basketball to be played, but given the style of basketball and the brand that they play and the way that some of these young guys have stepped up, like we've talked so much about, I think they are a, a, they're going to host a first round playoff series come. What is that? April, April. (laughs) So that's where I'm landing. Um, but again, I, I think it's, it's, I don't know. I think all that is realistic for this team. Maybe I'm super homerish. I think home court is not a bad take at all. I would say like second round. There is a world, a very real world, where they're in the Western Conference Finals. That's a tough world because I think if they end second in the West, that means they if they win the first round, they're probably playing the three seed, which could be Denver or the Clippers and going through either of those teams in a seven game series. Those are just teams that have a lot of age and experience on this team. But I just keep coming back to Shea. Like if you give that guy's a a guy, a puncher's chance in the fourth, like he can cook. And I think Western conference finals is possible, but that's not where I'd put my money on. I put my money on second round especially when the game slows down so much in the, the playoffs. Like, that's what we really want to see. Guys like Dub and Chet, how they respond to that situation. Thank you, Ramp, for a really good point, Jacob. When you have a player like SGA, like we saw last night, I think that's a perfect example. Uh, when other players aren't stepping up, aren't making their shots, Shea's able to get to those spots and just kind of take over. I put my money on Shea and at least one playoff series, if not two. That's where I have a tough time kind of going now. Like, it, like yeah, I, I agree with second round, but at the same time, Shay can't really get you out of too many situations, especially in the playoffs. I mean, we complain already about the amount of calls. He does not get when he drives to the rim. There's clear contact and guys that are not in legal guarding position and he won't get the call and he'll still get several fouls and free throws attempts at the, uh, at per game. And so I look at the playoffs where a guy like James Harden, who really killed it for a lot of people, they made rules about him, you know, and Kevin Durant as well. The foul merchant Uh, godfather. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. James, that's James Harden. That's his career. The foul capitalist. And uh, I, I don't see Shea getting those as many foul calls, but he'll get some. Um, But that's something I also worry about the team going forward. I don't know if he gets the chance to, do that in a second round 
But the first round, yeah, I expect them to win that series, especially if they host it. I'd I'd be kind of remiss to say that. I mean, you want them to have a decent challenge, and they've shown so far they're up for that because this is something that they talked about when the old Thunder Trio were together. Since they're so young, they're most likely to be able to play those back-to-backs or those back-to-back-to-back years. Remember that year? Oh, yeah. And the Thunder were most likely to be successful because they were young and they had fresh legs. And so that's something I think will pay off in in the end this year. Yeah, I'm really antsy to get to the playoffs because I feel like so much of this season now is this team checks all the boxes. We just don't know what they're going to look like when the playoffs start um, because of you know age and inexperience. Even SGA, like we haven't seen him, we haven't seen this SGA in a full playoff series. We've seen seen him in play in game or a play in game, obviously. Um, but yeah, super super antsy to get to that and see the identities of like J Dub and Chet and SGA in the playoffs. Love it. Next question. Next question. <laughs> what are the dog doing? God, JD dropping. The I know. Ball I go like there. it's like I go look at the comments and I hear that and I go, oh, "There's a delay." There's a delay. Don't worry. Got it. Next From time. Craig Milkowski. It's uh, at time form US figs. Nice. <laughs> Got it. I'm a big Fig Newton fan. Possible free agents. Uh, is it possible free agents will actually want to come here during the off season? Come here. The answer is this answer is the same answer as it is every off season. It is no. They will be traded to Oklahoma City um, or they will be drafted to Oklahoma City. I mean, it's Oklahoma City. The reason why young players like it is just because like they get to focus on their game and really hone their skills, and that's why they become so good. Unless you're Steven Adams and you just like the simple life of just chilling out and, well, playing those Thunder games instead of just going to them. So, no, I, I don't think they become a free, desti- a free and just destination as much as they're just looked at as apart from afar, saying, hey, what they're doing is good, like Kevin yeah. Durant and all the other other guys are saying, but they're not intending to come to actually live here. I have a somewhat homer take where what if there are free agent destinations for people like Isaiah Joe, like the like the undrafted or waived by their team, that type of thing. Like they they know if you're if you're a player like that, projects. Can, there's a better mm-hmm. yes, like there's a better chance of you succeeding if you go to this team. So maybe go try that. I can see the, that. Is there a kind of free agent that you, that uh fig purse uh what is it what was uh u.s figs time form u.s figs was a talking about though do you want the isaiah joe free agents or are you wanting you know the year when uh oh pal gasol was on the, on the market and is between okc and chicago hey you need to invest in an opera house that's what i learned that's right <laughs> um, i mean yeah yeah I, I don't foresee okc becoming a free agent destination I don't see OKC trying to build their team through free agency. And I don't see OKC having the money to go spend in free agency. So I think it's like a three strikes you're out type of thing. Right? Agreed. Next one. What the dog doing? Look at you, JD. Learning. Boom. From Scott B. He's at Funky Sooner. Last night was a good example, in my opinion, of when Dorian Finney-Smith would be a good get. Dort, who did well on Bancaro, could have been supplemented by Dorian Finney-Smith. He's a big fan of DFS. JD, how do you feel about that? I would agree. Uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. I would agree. Like, you need a. We really need someone of like Giddy's uh, size that can defend 
better, and that's kind of what a, a Dorian Finney-Smith would provide, uh, amongst other names. Yeah, I would agree. That's like a, a, a unique situation. And Paolo is also like a unique player. You're not there's not a there's not many other Paolos where he's like gigantic. What is he six ten, six eleven, and can he's move big. like that? He yeah. is a large man. Yeah. So um, a lot of people are kind of surprised that they put Dort on him. They had Dort guard him last year too. I think that's the matchup mm-hmm. they like. True. I, I kind of got a take. You guys ready for this? Yeah. Uh, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I so, might be ready play, for it. Play the hot take sounder that you found. It is <laughs> hot and sexy and popping. Thank you, Silva. Love You're it. the best. Do we have oh any calm your sounders? Um, no. No. We did. We did. That's disappointing. Wait, give me a Justin one just because he's not here tonight. Latvian laser. It's my favorite <laughs> one. It might be my favorite sounder. Here's my take. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith is a good player. Like, I'm not taking anything away from that. Dorian Finney-Smith will also be 31 um, right around the playoff times. Uh, he, he turns 31 on May 4th. Just now learning. His nickname is Dodo. I don't know if that makes me want him more or less. <laughs> Reminds um, me of like the Pokemon little bird thing. <laughs> he is under contract for three more years. There is another player in Brooklyn named Cameron Johnson who will be 28 in March. Uh, his nickname on basketball reference is Cam. Not nearly oh. as exciting. It's not a, not a Dodo. <laughs> For the cost it would take to get Dorian Finney-Smith, dude, go listen to any other like halfway contenders NBA basketball team podcast. And they'll say, you know who our team should go get? Dorian Finney-Smith. Heard it on a Clippers pod the other day. Heard it on a Lakers pod. You'll hear it on a Pelican. Everybody. Simple economics, man. When you have a large demand and a small supply, that price is going up. Why trade two first for Dorian Finney-Smith? Toss in the extra first and a little something and go get Cam Johnson instead. Lord have mercy, I'm about to bust. <laughs> like, is that... Could not agree more. He's not Could as not good of a defender, more. but you want to talk about a guy that's going to unlock that offense and space the floor and just light people up. He's got that connection with Chris Paul, share the same agency, uh, that favors OKC. I, I mean, I think Cam would be a perfect fit, uh, especially offensively with this current iteration of the thunder. I I think it would be a, a fun fit. Hey, uh, Mark Stein dropped his Sunday night trade deadline or not trade deadline, but trade notes recently. And he said that the nets continue to fill trade offers for Fords, Dorian Finley, Finney Smith and Royce O'Neal. So yep. uh, they're Royce obviously O'Neal on the really trade market. I agree. He's small. Is it too late to also just talk about, again, timeline of this Thunder team, or does it matter anymore now that they are I, kind I of... I think it definitely matters. Now that they're too. kind of contending, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say they're obviously contending right now. Like, we haven't seen them play in the playoffs, actually. You, see, you saw them go to the play-in, but that's it. Um, and so I don't want to say that ahead of seeing what they're obviously capable of. But, I mean, you do you... What, what middle-aged guy, well, middle-aged guy, middle-20s, 26 27 year old guys out there that kind of fits the profile of okc because if you're still talking about timeline then that matters if you're not talking about timeline anymore and you feel like this team can actually push for a championship over the next three to four seasons then that changes the narrative a little bit don't doesn't it totally agree and that's part of the reason why i like cam johnson over dorian finney smith 
is there's a three-year age difference there. You trade for Dorian Finney-Smith, he's the oldest player on the team. Damn. Right? Yeah. Um, again, average age Dorian Finney-Smith at home and Kenrich Williams. Hey, I like that. <laughs> I like that. All right, let's go on to the next question. What uh, are you doing? Thank you. This one will go to Taylor. Um, this one is from Dorla the Explorer. She's at Dorla the. I know the Thunder want to share the ball. That's their MO. But does anyone else want to see Chet and Shea get even more points so they can boost Rookie of the Year and MVP odds? Is that being selfish? I also want Jalen to shoot more just because. <laughs> I like it. <clears throat> totally understand it. But the strength of this Thunder team that we've talked so much about is the style of play that they play, right? Sharing the ball, uh, making the extra pass. We've seen so much of that and how that's been an advantage when they're playing up against teams like the Bucks last like or the Bucks, the uh, Celtics here a little over a week ago. And then the Timberwolves a couple nights before that. I think for all those reasons, um, not necessarily, but like I mentioned the bench struggling recently and not getting perform uh, scoring performances from the bench. Like I could see where Jalen Williams coming in with that second unit, even again in the fourth quarter, I like to see him get some more shot attempts up Chet. Obviously we've seen how efficient he can be and how dominant he can be. But at the same time, it still has to be within the flow of the offense. So we're not going to see them just go like supernova. And Chet has a hot hand tonight, so therefore he's getting like, I don't know, 25 shot attempts. That's not going to be the case. At the same time, I think there is a little bit of room for players like Dub and Chet to be able to get some more shot attempts. I think that could be beneficial for this team as they continue to grow and move forward. Oh God! People in the comments are getting wild over here now. <laughs> oh, Y'all got to chill. I would just Man. say there's. I would just say there's one ball. There's one ball. So uh, that's about it for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you'd love to see those guys, and I think in time, Dub and Chet will score more as they develop. Um, but I think she hit Dorla hits it on the head. It's their mo. They they're assisting more than they ever have. I mean, they had 41 against Portland the other night. They're racking up 30 plus assists regularly. Uh, JD was really big on, on leading the charge of J dubs like renaissance in the, in playmaking and really getting back to like those point guard roots. They're a team that loves to move the ball and find the easiest shot. All right. Next question. Uh, how far are we in the stream? We should, probably, we should probably take a break. And on the other side, we will finish up these Twitter questions. We will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, we are back. Now, JD, let's get to the next question. What the dog doing? This one goes to Comiar. It's from Gravy Stain. Gravy Stain? My Gravy Stain. I was, I was laughing Gravy about Stain. that. I was laughing about that before we went to break. That's His Twitter handle next. is at whatcha, whatcha do dat for. I love it. <laughs> Even better. I mean, in the, re is, in awesome. the recent Michich run, uh, is the recent Michich run a trade showcase? Or are we ramping him up for legit time in the playoffs? If he were to be shopped, what do you see as his value? He is a wizard 
in the pick and roll? I well, gravy stain. I'd say that's a little bit of a loaded question there. There's like four in there if you if you really think about it. Um, you know that's a good question. We've I mean we've talked about it in the in the summer. Uh, we've talked about it even you or you guys have talked about it certainly certainly during the season when he does look good when he does get playing time. Um, I would say that his I I think it feels more of a showcase situation because again he is the oldest player on the Thunder turning 30 today and everybody else i mean kenrich is viewed as the leader in the locker room he's viewed as the 30 year old rook, uh, 30 year old rookie of the braces in the room that can pass the ball well and so with that said um his value i mean what second rounder um, two second rounders if you're pushing it uh i think I, that's about it um but yes he is a wizard in the in the in the pick and roll yeah, i would i would agree with that <laughs> For Guy Ezra, that's pretty Dis- good. Discount Meech Fred. Is the man. Fred discount Fred. Man. He's the great value for Fred. Oh. Fred, <laughs> the Euro plays Fred. De- Fred plays defense, but it's very Fair. clear. Again, he has the old man game down. No look passes like your mom, whatever. Um, that's a good sounder. Um, and then you know he's got a, he's got a good he's got a good strap with the shot, right? But the man cannot play defense because it looks like his knees make a grinding sound every time he's playing defense, <laughs> moving side to side. And then, yeah, he, he looks like a there is not a lot of lateral stop. movement. Yeah, no, that. So, uh, so, so yes. they got a sounder for uh, Michich's knees. Um, probably. Let's see. Just do bones grinding or like we could just blender with. Uh, yeah, that's that. Well, you know, that's kind of the end product, I guess. That's what happens after he's uh, beat by an offensive player. Uh, this one would also work. Oh, shit. Here we go again. It's yeah. a good one. I forgot we had that one. Uh, hey, you know who could use the Knicks? Uh, the same team that once had Pablo Prigioni uh, as a rookie point guard, uh, the New York Knicks, and they need some point guard play off the bench after trading Emmanuel quickly. Did I just unlock go. that trade for those two gms maybe so. are we getting um <clears throat> let's see <laughs> Ro- not not josh hart probably uh send Don- us tosh gibson back you cowards <laughs> Zaya hartenstein i don't want dante divincenzo or evil dante divincenzo uh, malachi flynn you guys seen that <laughs> yes i have seen he's that. like That's the awesome. wario of yes. uh of divincenzo yeah i love yeah. it i don't know I don't think that Michich has like a ton of value on his own, but I think if you, if the right trade comes up where you have to cobble together some contracts to make a move that is going to like get you your sixth or seventh best player and Michich is part of that, like I could see them moving off of him. I'm sure he wouldn't mind having a bigger role. You know, I, I don't think playing 11 minutes off the bench is maybe what he had in mind whenever he signed that contract, but he was also making a shit ton of money. So shout out to him. Uh, Taylor, you are up. This one's from 7D. What the dog doing? Thank you. At Chet Home Gretch. Oh, this is a fun one. <laughs> What's the optimal meal at Paycom this season? I mean, I'm a huge Empire Slice guy. Big time Empire Slice guy. It's hard to beat that. That's probably my number one answer. Uh, but prior to all these restaurants coming and, and getting their own little spots within Paycom, uh, I was a big nacho guy. They had some loaded nachos up there and level okay. two that were just phenomenal. You so, getting jalapenos with those nachos or no? Oh, 
jalapenos, hot sauce. Call me here. I love all the spices. Taylor likes to spend the fourth quarter on the toilet. <laughs> uh, the Empire the Empire's room. good. Call me here. Did you get the game last night? Uh, I, I did, but we, we just got there early because we wanted to get a closer parking spot and we just ate stadium food. So we got some barbecue chicken and some beers. So it was there you uh, you know, classic kind of stadium hey, food because we, like, yeah, there's like stadium, like not named place, but just like paycom like the proprietary. restaurant thing. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I actually have some like decent wings. Yeah. Ooh. Also. As we've learned from the comments on this show, bottomless popcorn and bottomless fountain drink, you spend $18, you can get your money's worth if you try. That's a That's dinner true. right there. I mean, if I I'm talking about, if I'm talking about <laughs> restaurants like Texadelphia or Fuzzies or something like that, that's a that's yeah. fun time. Dave's Hot yeah. Chicken is Jacob's yeah, go-to. Sure. Yeah, that's oh, where dude. we went when we all got together. So I, yep. yeah, I would yeah. agree with that. Silva holding up the fist for Dave's. Yep. <laughs> Uh, my go to just give me an empire slice and a tall boy, and there we go. There we go. There we go. Hope that helps out. Uh, 7D. Uh, next one is for JB. Thank, Thank you. you. This one's from our guy Evan at Star Lord Lego God. It's the <laughs> dopest at and all of Twitter. He says, What's the best game this team has won this year? Well, I'll tell you, it was the Celtics game that I was at in person, and it was phenomenal. Celtics are the best team in the NBA by record. Uh, and yeah, that was a phenomenal, phenomenal game. Very hard to argue that. I agree completely. That was a pretty incredible performance. And I, I think it's a good question to ask as far as like, what's the best game and versus what's the best like moments of the game. Like, yeah, sure. The best one of the season got to be the Celtics, but the best game. Chet turn around three to go to overtime and then they dominate the dubs in overtime and win that. That's a really Fantastic good game point. too. Right. Very good point. So Beautiful. I mean it depends on how you look at it. Either way, both really great, both really fun, both really good for the Thunder. Great point. Uh Ezra mentions in the chat also the Shea game winner in Denver was yep. pretty freaking dope. Not yep. bad. Pretty freaking dope. Yep. JD, I wanted to ask you this because we're about to change up the intro, I think, to add some yes. new calls. Correct. Which one would you prefer to add more? Chet off the backboard to himself or Chet touchdown pass to Kaysen Wallace who immediately tosses it up for the oop for J-Dub. It's, it's that one. It's, it's the showtime play, I think, because that, that's more. Oh, shit, they're both showtime plays, my brother. That's true. Yeah, true. God. It's, <laughs> it's the, the Dwayne Wade Showtime Braun. OKC. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 yeah it's that I th- one. I think that's the right answer in regards to like plays picking between, but unfortunately the call wasn't as great as I was hoping for. And that's what yeah. Justin mentioned too in our, mm-hmm. our Slack. Mm-hmm. So wish the call was a little better. Come on, Fisher. Cage, get it together. Taylor, you got the next one from Danny Reich Jr. He's at Danny Reich Jr. Doing? Thank you. You're welcome. Which Thunder Reserve could another team overpay for and the Thunder could spare? I think this is a really interesting question. Very interesting. Also very easy, I think, because Ooh. it has to come down to Kenrich or Aaron Wiggins. I think both of those, especially Kenrich, that is 110% a player that any contender would overpay for. You get multiple, you probably get, oh, sounds so homerish. Could you get like a first and like a protected for like a more protected first for him? No, I think one, I think you could get just a widely protected one. Something crazy. And now I and that's very unrealistic because I don't think the Thunder. But they just signed Ken- Kendrick's under contract for three more years after this year. 
on an extremely really good deal. <laughs> Insanely yeah, extremely deal. good deal. That might be like vet minimum in three years. Increases and Wiggins value is, too. Right. And the other one is Wiggins just because he's, I don't want to say in and out of the lineup because that's not accurate, but his minutes have kind of fluctuated there. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that is a player that any team could talk themselves into having a bigger role on their team. Mm -hmm. I could see them overpaying, not necessarily, that doesn't mean multiple firsts or something ridiculous, but I think they would overpay in comparison to what his value may be because so many different player or so, so many different teams would be interested. So those are my two. Curious I had a, your guys' thoughts. I had a thought when I was cooking some eggs this morning. Um, <laughs> that, uh, so the so the Milwaukee Bucks obviously not a not a deep roster whatsoever. They play Marjan Bochan, Bucks. Jackson, Bucks, uh, <clears throat> Bucks. They uh, Marjan Bochamp, Andre Jackson Jr. like are gigantic pieces to those to that roster. Would you rather have Marjan and Andre Jackson or Andrew or Aaron Wiggins? In place of one of those two guys, I feel like to question. me, like to me, Aaron Wiggins would get a a lot of minutes on that team. I agree. So, great question. Just one example, you know. See, Aaron Wiggins. I think I thought I was going to come in with the gem with the Aaron Wiggins answer to this question. <laughs> Sorry, you guys hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Here's an interesting one. Next year's Isaiah Joe's last year under contract. Yep. Mm. What's his price tag going to be? Because if he continues to be a 40% three-point shooter who's rounding out his game and been really good, like on-ball, off-ball, defense, cutting, making the right play, like he's been good. And with the, I, I mean, I know numbers are going to be inflated with a new TV deal and yada, yada, yada. I think there's a world where in order to keep Isaiah Joe, you got to pay like 17 mil a year. Yeah, I've been trying not to think yeah. about it. So that's my answer. I think it's right. a, I, the answer is more than happy. Lou Dort. More than, probably more than Lou Dort. He's going to get more than Lou. Yeah. yeah. Sean says four for 80 in the chat. Like, that wouldn't shock me. Wouldn't be totally insane. Can, whenever to you pay, because that's the same summer that they can extend Chet and Dub. And technically Usman Jang, but that's a different conversation. Yeah, we'll see. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's a chance where they just get priced out of Isaiah Joe. That's there like, there's a real world where that exists. That's why you have all those picks, so you can bring in the next Isaiah Joe on a cheap rookie scale deal, though, right? Maybe he or does the old first yeah. thing and just, you know, takes one for the team and everybody collectively just kind of like, you know, just gets their money in ads and stuff when the OKC okay, so gets <laughs> national games and uh, they just Take take a, take one for the team like Manu did instead of instead of James Harden. You're not Great. wrong, especially Great. like if he loves it here in OKC, like he seems to, and and wants to be a part of what they're building. Like I could see the Thunder rewarding him, but also him taking a little less. Uh, you know, Kawhi is a recent example, obviously on a much smaller scale. I think you're on something there, Kamiar. Like I wouldn't be surprised to see him take a little less than he could get in free agency just to stay with this team, but also secure secure the bag. Correct. Yeah, it's got to be a little bit of both. All right, our next one. What the dog doing? Comes from Garrett Jones at Garrett Jones twenty five. I believe Garrett is always the one that replies to our uh, Squirtle meme with his own Squirtle meme. I believe that's <laughs> that's Garrett. So shout out Garrett. Make sure you guys are retweeting the Squirtle meme after every win. It's it's just important for the culture. He says, realistically, is there a role for Oos on this team? feel like we are starting to not have as many developmental minutes available as the team improves. Could they ship him, Berton, and Picks out for a backup big? 
you guys don't mind, I want to take first stab at this one. I've been on the Usman Jang like kind of trade talk for a little bit. I just I continue to worry about Usman Jang. I thought last night he played with some good force. He was physical. He was on the glass. I just worry about what he looks like long term. And does he have the opportunity to get those reps with where this team is at now? It's easy to get guys developmental minutes the last two years. But you might have the MVP, the rookie of the year, and a team playing in the second round of the playoffs. Like, There's not a lot of developmental minutes on this team. Usman Jang was taken with the 11th overall pick. They drew three firsts to get that pick 18 months ago. I don't know. I, the, the value is not that now. You cannot get three firsts for him right now. But I, I've wondered, like, if they did want to make a bit of a splashier move, could they move off of Usman Jang instead of, like, one of those more valuable picks down the line? Like, that's the young player with upside they move. He plays a ton of G League minutes, and anytime he gets called up to the big team, he plays like some minutes in the second quarter, and that's it. He gets like six or seven minutes a night. Hmm. Just the the lack of aggression and physicality from him just make me question. Yeah, I think it can get there. I just don't know how long it's going to take. And do could the Thunder get to a point where they are ready for a more a guy who is more ready right now. We've I mean, seen him do that in the G League, which obviously is completely different than the NBA. I'm not trying to say it's not. Uh, but I think just like to what you're saying, Jacob, if he had a bigger role on another team, could he develop that a little more quickly? Or could he just develop that in general? I think that's a good point. Uh, however, I worry a little bit about what his trade value looks like right now in comparison maybe even what it was a year ago. Uh, I agree. Also, we have a, a comment comparing him to the Poku situation. Poku was on a uh, horrible team and was able to make as many mistakes as he as he wanted without having fear of getting pulled because the team was just you know trying to develop internally. And Us, like Jacob and Taylor, both articulated, does not have that same uh, luxury. So he needs to maybe go to a team like, I mean, there's a lot of really bad teams right now. So let me stop. Not like. <laughs> doom Usman by sending him to uh you know like Detroit or something like that but you know a team that's not about to be have home court advantage at the end of the year or at the end of the year at the end of the day day year month decade whatever they still have Usman Jang under contract for two more years after this year I just said his value is nowhere near what it was on draft night yeah so why would you trade him when the value is low all right that's like counter to my own point I don't think they're going to move him. I have questions, but I think internally the argument is keep him around another 18 months, see what he does. And then when we get to next summer, summer of 2025, when he's extension eligible, maybe we could start asking that question then, but I think they're going to give him a lot of runway. I agree with that. I mean, it just makes sense. He's still developing. And I said, when they made that pick, if he does not pan out after using those assets at, pick 10 and even though they got jaded at 12 that presti owed me a 10th uh 10th pick quality player so hopefully that happens <laughs> i do feel like the archetype of jang was kind of like the archetype of poku 
like the super jumbo wing who can maybe play big or maybe play guard. It's just so casual. Like it, it's clear to me they're kind of looking for guys like that now. I just I keep coming back. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's my hope. Trade up and get J Dub's brother, who also fits that archetype. Six ten kid who can handle the ball, who can play make, who can score it a little bit, who can be a guard or a big, kind of all over the floor. Um, maybe third time's the charm. Okay, so he's familiar with uh, kind of bigger guards from the University of Colorado. That's for sure. That is true. true. This this one can shoot though. Yeah, that, that's a good. That's a good. Can he, he's improved shooting. I want to say he can shoot. He's more raw than I realized. He, he's got a. He's got a bulk up. Uh, I think he's a little more of a project, which worries me yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, in regards to like being ready to play pace. with this team. Damn, yeah. But he can play make really, really well. True. Which I think just automatically gets him an opportunity. True. He can defend really well. And he can defend. Yep. He's my guy. He is my guy. <laughs> all right. That is all the Twitter questions we have. Gentlemen, let's pick. How many do you think? Three, what, three of them to give stickers yeah. out to? Three yeah. seems like a good number. All right. I'm going to rehash the questions real, real quick. And then you guys pick three. We will contact those three people on Twitter.com and get them some stickers. Uh, we had the question, your ideal matchup for the first round. We had one over realistic ceiling for the team. Uh, possible free agents this offseason. Uh, the Dorian Finney-Smith question. The Chet and Shea shooting more question. Uh, Michich, and is it a product of being shopped, or are they preparing him for a long run? Uh, the meals at Paycom. Oh, we we oh that was uh, we had two questions from one listener. We skipped the second one. Uh, Evan asked the one, "What was the best game this team won?" Uh, we had the reserves question: Who's OKC going to get outpriced on? And then the role for Usman Jang. Um, maybe this is just because I like their name a lot, but the one from Gravy Stain. Yep, that was a about great uh, that's a good one. Uh, Mitic in the trade showcase. Uh, you know, Dorla really brought their A game to this exercise. <laughs> yeah, Dorla. <laughs> so we're, just we're going a lot of our we're tweets. going Gravy like Stain. Dorla. We want to go Dorla. Dorla. Hey, let's go, Garrett. Let's go, Garrett. I think that Ooze question is something that needs to be consistently like readdressed, especially because Presley did use those assets for the first time to cash in for him specifically. So I think that was a good, good, good question. But I love also it. other questions that were great too. Uh, like so that. if they are in the stream or they are watching later here, what your stickers will look like? We've got the Ooh. Thunder Till I Die. That is not a middle finger. <laughs> just for it could reference. be if you want one. What if it was? <laughs> We also have Listen to the Uncontested. So it's two really sweet stickers. Uh, we'll be giving more of these away as uh, the season goes on. So stay tuned. We'll do different types of giveaways. I also owe a handful of stickers to some people who filled out the survey. Uh, so I will get those in the mail as well. Gentlemen, before we log off, it's predictions time. Uh, we don't have Justin on the show tonight, so we don't have the fancy predictions graphic but I can't give you an update. We have a tie for first place at 23 points apiece. That would be one Taylor Peterson, who got a game wrong this week, and Nick Crane, both at 23. Damn. Coming in third would be JD at 22 points. JD, you're knocking on the door. Let me in. 
I am <laughs> I am at 20 points. And Justin making a bit of a push, my guy's up to 16 A little bit of a comeback. Points. All right. Uh, call me, our, we are going to get your predictions this week. Um, if you go perfect, what's going on? We'll get here? you something. I don't know this, what, this what we're going to get you. Yet. Nick has a YouTube burner. Nick's on his YouTube burner saying Nick Crane is so smart. I thought his burner was the guy saying, uh, should the Thunder trade for Jeff Green earlier in the podcast? Uh, that, that could <laughs> he, maybe he has multiple burners. I believe that was Jordan. He probably does have multiple burners. <laughs> uh, Connor says 4-0 this week, and I will buy the entire podcast crew custom jorts. Ooh. The jorts, uh, the jorts inside joke, still living strong in the chat. Game number one comes Monday night. It's a late tip here in the central time zone against the reeling Los Angeles Lakers. As JD mentioned earlier, LeBron's questionable. Shea, questionable with the spring knee. We'll see what happens. JD, what happens in LA against the poo-poo Lakers tomorrow night? <laughs> you know what? You have a sounder for this. Why don't you play it? Uh... No, it's your Lakers sounder. Oh, do I have that here? I'm not even sure I know what it. I don't know if I have that. Do you do you know what I'm talking about? I maybe I don't. It's whenever you said they're gonna serve the Lakers a big old pile of. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about that. The Thunder are giving the Lakers a Christmas gift, and it's a pile of shit. Yes, <laughs> that one, that sounder. Thank you. Jeez. Yeah, I'm probably gonna. That's I mean, amazing. no matter what happens with SGA or LeBron, I'm just gonna stick to the bit here, and. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> oh boy! Uh, join us Man. in the live stream on YouTube. Yeah. But uh, I'm gonna stick I to the agree. bit. Uh, Thunder win. Nice, Taylor. What do you got? Uh, money ball. Like I money also. Ball. Oh, it is. It's your money ball. Yeah. I, so I did it before the SGA announcement, but I've got to stick to it. It's fine. I like it. I like it. I uh, I also went with the W before the SGA injury. Still sticking or questionable status. I'm still sticking with it. I think even without it, this could be the J-Dub game where he steps up in the SGA role. I'm all about it. Give me the Lakers W. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and be the cynical one and give me a loss <laughs> because Anthony Davis has is is really, really good, and he's a problem for OKC for obvious reasons. He has been a thorn at OKC's side for obvious reasons. And, well, if Shane and LeBron are both out, I mean, I'm still playing on Anthony Davis, but you're then looking at OKC and saying, well, you got to depend on J-Dub. And so we've seen J-Dub look really, really awesome, but we've also seen him kind of like not disappear from games, but just be kind of here and there. So still going Lakers on this one. I took, I'm saving same as JD. I took the win with the lock of the week, my Thunder Moneyball. So let's play the Moneyball sounder. Oh, of course. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, sir. I got that one right. I took it before the Shea injury. Uh, I'm not backing out. I'm keeping it. The next night, we got a Sega Baba against the LA Clippers. Reverse order this time. Kamiya, what do you got against the Clippers? And then I would say Oklahoma City wins this game because Shea comes back from the first night of a back-to-back, uh, back right? That's why I think he's questionable for tomorrow and is ultimately going to end up going to play because... Yeah, sure, his knee's a little bit nicked up, but, I mean, he played through it the majority of the game last night, and so I think this is just kind of a rust situation to make sure that he can have more longevity this season instead of having to sit out maybe in March. So I think they he plays this game. I think they're fully healthy, uh, and then actually winning this game. And, again, 
are viewed as one of the top tier teams in the West. Love it. Taylor, what do you got? I have an L on this one simply because obviously they don't have to travel, which is a big benefit for a Sega Baba. Uh, but I'm going with the L because the Clippers have been on fire. It's going to be really tough for the Thunder team to get up uh, against both the Lakers and the Clippers two straight nights. JD? Uh, I'm going to go with an L. It's a fifth game in seven nights, I think. And uh, yeah, it's going to be tough. I also took the L against the Clippers. Um, they did, played really well against the Clippers in Oklahoma City. You know, it was without Kawhi Leonard. I think the second night of the back-to-back is also a big factor here. Thursday, they travel to Salt Lake City to play the hot Utah Jazz, who I believe have won eight of their last ten, um, just clawing their way. People are talking about them trading off Larry Market, and they might be buyers at the trade deadline. Like they're good. That pick, that top ten protected pick, may end up coming Oklahoma City's way this year, which I did not expect. JD, what happens in Salt Lake City Thursday night? W. Taylor, <laughs> I have the W, and I have the lock. I think this is when, yeah, it's Moneyball. Call me already got in Utah. That's a W. That's a W. They should win that game. I, last time they played Utah, they beat them. We did not get Walker Kessler. I want to see Chet make that guy look like a little boy. <laughs> Give me the Chet versus Kessler matchup I'm ready for. I got a dub as well. They end the week Saturday. Up in Minnesota, Chet's hometown, where they are one and one against the Timberwolves. One close loss, one complete drumming by the Thunder. Tell me what happens in Minnesota Saturday night. Uh, Ant Edwards is healthy again, yeah? Yes. Uh, Ant actually had a great game today against the Clippers, but I believe that the Timberwolves are five and five in their last 10. They've been not so great recently. Yeah, and so that's the thing that this game ultimately comes down to because OKC is not as big, and so it's not as much as how good your team is as much as it is matchups with Cat and Gobert and also Aunt Edwards and the amount of screens they can set. So I think because of the week of Anthony Davis, then you play the Clippers on a Sega Baba, then you play Utah, and then you go up to uh, Minnesota, I think Oklahoma City takes an element in, in this one. But again, they're half a game back from Minnesota right now. So that I put with them, what, a full game back? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good. So Cummins got the L. Taylor? Have the L for the same exact reason. It is a brutal stretch, like we talked about heading into the or earlier in the podcast. Uh, having to face a team like Minnesota back at home to end that road trip. I mean, that is tough. If Thunder are able to overcome that one. We're going to be saying a lot of ridiculous things about this team that we haven't already said. I'm with Kamiar. I'm going two and two on this week. JD. Yeah, the Thunder uh, beat the Timberwolves like a drum the last time they played them. And I think all their uh, all their fake tough guys are going to band together and be real mad when the Thunder go up to Minnesota. And they'll, they'll beat them and it'll be an L. Maybe Gobert will become a super spreader again. I got the L as well in Minnesota. You guys hit it on the head. I mean, that's four games and six nights on the road. Uh, just a brutal stretch. Uh, luckily, they come home after that early next week. Play the Portland Trailblazers again. As much as I hate Rudy Gobert, thank you. I always love it. I think a two and two week, you have to consider a success, right? A four game road yeah. trip against those teams. If you go two and two, you're feeling pretty good. Agreed. Agreed. Real quick, just for the listeners' knowledge, uh, Nick this week went 
win versus the Lakers, loss against the Clippers, loss against the Jazz, and a win against the Timberwolves. Justin uh, mirrored Nick and went win, loss, loss, win. The only difference is Justin's lock of the week is that Lakers win. Nick's lock of the week is a loss against the Clippers. It's like the Nick signature move is a uh, money ball on a loss. Taylor did that last week, I believe. It's kind of I a did. smart, it's a smart two thing weeks to ago. do. It did, yeah. This pa- for the for the record, this past week we did really well. Uh, there was four games. Five of us were making uh, predictions, so that's twenty predictions total. We went eighteen and two, boys. Damn, pretty it's impressive. A pretty good week. Not bad. The only losses. Uh, Taylor had them losing against Miami, and JD had them losing against Orlando. Hmm. So Not pretty bad good at week. all. If Kamir goes undefeated this week, what does he get? A knuckle sandwich. <laughs> uh, give me some uh, Stroop waffles. Uh, oh, just don't okay. foul me. Don't foul me a lot. Okay. <laughs> we what, will. Uh, we will make check it a lot back then. What happens uh, if Kamir goes zero and four? What does he owe us? Oh, now we're talking. Oh. A shit sandwich. I I owe you nothing. I named the podcast, so there you go. <laughs> Thank you. Touche. Silva, I think it's time we get out of here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, The Uncontested. Tons of folks in the live stream, like always. If you're not already in the live stream, you should join us. It's a great time. We love having everyone in here chatting basketball with us, seeing all the regulars, kind of building a community. So make sure you sub to the YouTube channel. Like the video if you wouldn't mind. Just helps more people see it. Download the show wherever you get your podcast from. Drop a five-star rating if you have not already. Write a little comment as well. Catch us all over social media. We got you covered this week with Post Games Monday, a live show Wednesday, a post game Thursday, and then we're back here again next Sunday night. So follow the YouTube channel. Join us live for all of those shows. You guys have, if you're in the States, enjoy your Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Stay warm if you're in like 95% of the United States. If you're abroad, hope you're loving life, man. We will see you guys in 24 hours. I believe Taylor's on the post tomorrow as the Thunder take on the Los Angeles Lakers. We'll see you guys then. Until then, and as always, Thunder up. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.